Okay, how you doing, Grace family? Everybody good? I'm fired up. It's been four weeks since I've preached, so I got a lot building up in me, so hopefully I'll get it all out. But can we welcome all of our campuses, starting all the way up north, Landa Lakes campus, and then we have the Lutz campus, yeah, and Temple Terrace, and Ebor, and Carrollwood, and all the way down in South Tampa. Come on, one big shout, all of you guys. Good to have you with us. And of course, uh, those of you who are, who are watching online, we are concluding our 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 series called Ghost Stories, and what a great way to end it because we're going to talk about what people call the Holy Ghost, and that's what already makes it feel weird and spooky, right? That name, because we have Father, the Son, then you got Holy Ghost, and it's really uh, a King James Version is Holy Ghost, but it's Holy Spirit, and, and I, I can tell you right off, a lot of people have different perceptions, ideas, thoughts, bad experiences, and uh, I want you to push Forward. I'm going I'm to push us a little bit. I'm going to challenge us a little bit to set that all aside. Because I can tell you one thing, Satan does not want you to know or to experience or to walk with the Holy Spirit. Because he knows that when you do, it, it's over for him. Because he's the one that gives us power. He's the one that leads us. We're going to talk about all of the roles, not even all of them, but a lot of the things that the Holy Spirit does uh, in every uh, believer. But uh, again, you know, he is not spooky, he is not weird, but people are. You know, I mean, there's some well-intentioned people that really want people to experience the Holy Spirit, and, and, and sometimes it, gets, it, it can be a little weird or even, or even pushy. I remember when, uh, actually, I had just given my life to the Lord, and, and Debbie and I and a few others were, were saying, God, we want more of you, and we heard that that even though we had the Holy Spirit, that there was more that we could have. And, and we heard about this little church in Brandon. About seven of us went out to this little church in Brandon. And, and we walked in. Um, you could sense something special there. But also, uh, the pastor saw us. And, and he said, get them right to the front row. I'm like, man, I just wanted to chill in the back. No, no. They put us right on the front row. So we're already feeling a little weird, right? The guy calls us out, they, they do the whole message and, and they have this altar call and we're just kind of sitting there wanting to observe. He goes, you guys, come on up. And we're like, no. You guys, no. You're coming up. And literally, they kind of brought us up. Now this is our first you know, time at this church and, and then they surround us, literally. They're surrounded with all these people and then they start lifting their hands and they're praying and it got weird. I mean, it got a little spooky. I'm like, okay, I, I want more of you, God, but this is weird. These people are weird, and, and that's just how I felt. Anyone, that was the experience I had, and it, and it kind of, for a moment, pushed me away. But how many of you know that you can't let maybe a bad experience, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? You got to say, okay, so, so I said, God, I want to be open to, to more of the Holy Spirit, and, and again, he did and showed me a, a lot of things. But here's what I know, the, the Holy Spirit isn't a denomination, He's not a movement, uh, and weird people are the ones that give the Holy Spirit a bad rep reputation. He is good. In fact, Jesus says it like this in John 16. We all know he's getting ready to go. He's predicting his death, and, and he's telling his disciples, but he's also telling you and I. He says this, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Now, the disciples are going, how can it be better if you go away? It better be something really good. And he's speaking to you too. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if you read all of chapter 16, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. 
If I do go away, then I will send him to you. To every believer, the promise of the Holy Spirit that we can have in our lives. In fact, in the very first sermon, we know what happened. Jesus is resurrected from the dead. The Holy Spirit uh, falls on all the apostles and the 120 that are in this upper room. And it's just a mighty supernatural move of God. A lot of people hear about it. So there's people gathering and there's thousands of people gathering. And Peter stands up and gives the first message to the New Testament church. And in his message, he's telling them about Jesus and that he was resurrected, but he was crucified. And people are feeling conviction. And they say to Peter, what must we do? And, G and Peter gives them three things. And these are what I think cornerstone truths of the gospel. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Amen. Then he says, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Because only Jesus can forgive sins. There is no other name given to us among than, than the name of Jesus. He's the one. And then he says, a third thing is that then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's funny how we forget about the third one. In fact, there's a book written called The Forgotten God, that the Holy Spirit seems to be forgotten, seems to be ignored. In fact, he's the most misunderstood, underutilized gift that God has given every believer. And my goal, my purpose today is that we would be open to him, that we would be willing to receive more of him, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit because we need him. Jesus said, man, you, you want me to go away, you're gonna be better when the Holy Spirit comes. And I think about the Holy Spirit and, and trying to help us understand it. He, he's, he's like our superpower. The greatest superpower ever, 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in me. Who's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The greatest power, no one can stand up against it, is the Holy Spirit that lives in every believer. That's why Satan doesn't want you to know him. That's why he doesn't want you to tap in to the source of the Holy Spirit. That's why he wants you to feel afraid of him or that he's weird and spooky. He's trying to keep you away. But the Holy Spirit is, is there and available to every believer. In John 14, 26, I'm using the amplified version because I can't give you enough descriptions or roles of the Holy Spirit. There are way too many. But here's an example of who he is and what he does for you and I. But the helper, comforter, anyone need comfort? Advocate intercessor, counselor. You know the Holy Spirit can counsel us? Strengthener. Anybody need strength? You're at the end of your own strength. You need the strength of the Holy Spirit. He's your standby, and it, it says the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me, and to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. This is the promise that Jesus says that we get. I mean, who wouldn't want the Holy Spirit? I mean, he's the greatest life coach you would ever have. He knows everything. He knows all truth. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows who you are and what you need and every hair in your head. He knows what makes you tick. Why would we not want to welcome 
the Holy Spirit in our lives every day. I think sometimes we just forget. Sometimes we just don't acknowledge him or give him that priority, that, that place in our everyday lives. But he's the third person of the Godhead. In 2 Corinthians it says, for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We just finished freedom this weekend. Boy, I tell you what, you've never been through our freedom classes. I felt the Holy Spirit. I was here uh, Friday night. It's powerful. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he's part of the Godhead. He's a third person of the Trinity. He is supernatural. He is almighty. He is powerful. If you read in Genesis 1, the Holy Spirit was right there when God created the earth. We need to be aware of him. We need to acknowledge him. Here's what I, another thing. So many things the Holy Spirit does. I, I won't be able to get through all of it. But he, he wants to lead us. He wants to reveal to us the specific will of God for our lives. The reason I say specific will of God is because the general will of God is written in the, word of, in the Bible. 95% of the will of God, the moral will of God is in the word. You don't, there's things that are obvious that God says, here's how you should live your life, and he wrote it down for us. But there's that 5%, that other part where specifically we just need God's leading in our lives. Like, Lord, do I take this job? God, what do you want me to do? Do I move to this city? Um, how about, is this the person I'm supposed to marry? That's a big one I would be praying about, right? And here's what we know about the specific will of God. When the Holy Spirit leads us, he never contradicts the Bible. I have people, weird people, here's, everyone say weird people. Weird people sometimes try to say, well, the Holy Spirit told me, and I'm like, he wouldn't have told you that because that's the opposite of what the Bible says. He will never contradict the word of God. So don't let people get weird with you. I had a dream, I had a vision, and, and if it's opposite or contradicts the word of God, that wasn't the Holy Spirit, that's another spirit. You're talking about ghost stories, we'll talk about some ghost stories. But the Holy Spirit uh, wants to specifically lead us here, here's an example. John 16 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. How about you? We live in a world that is confused today. We don't have to be confused. The Holy Spirit can guide us and to lead us into all truth, and he'll illuminate the word of God for us. He wrote it, and if you ask, Holy Spirit, help me understand the Bible, he'll help you. He's your personal tutor. He said, well, he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory, telling you whatever he receives from me. See, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. He wants to specifically tell us in, in our everyday lives. I remember uh, several years ago, uh, before COVID, um, we were thinking about, because Land Lakes campus was blowing up, and we said, we need to get another campus. We found some property near Wiregrass, perfect location perfect price. Everything was set up. We're ready to go. We're 95% there. Our, our executive team's getting ready to, to approve the whole thing. And I'm in my walks. You Many of you know I walk almost every day and I'm just walking. I'm praying and I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and I didn't want to hear it. How many times, how many times you don't want to hear what he has to say? And he said, no, not yet. Hmm? That property. Yeah, no, that property. We're getting that property. No, not yet. 
So I'm thinking, okay, whatever. And the next day I walk and I pray, same thing. It wouldn't leave me. That voice would not leave. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Many of you. That's the, that's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he's warning you. Sometimes he's leading you. And I remember finally going, okay, I, I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense to me. How I many you know sometimes it doesn't make sense? But I remember having to go to my lead team, uh, our executive team, and say, hey, guys, you know, we're getting ready to say yes. We're not. It's a no. They're like, man, that's not Craig, because Craig, you're like, I'm, I'm a, you know, I mean, it takes a lot to stop me once I'm 95% made up in my mind. Just ask my wife. And we said, no, we're not going to do it. Guess what? Four days later, COVID hit. We didn't know about it, but everything was dead in the water. How many of you know that was not a good time to make any major purchases? Because everything went dead for several years. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. And then here's another example. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So the Holy Spirit, even though the gospel should be preached everywhere, the Bible says that, right? We should go everywhere and preach the gospel. There's a time and a season and a specific place. And he said, nope, I don't want you going to Asia. They kept trying, nope, you're not going to Asia. Holy Spirit stopped them and said, no, you're not gonna go there. I want you to go here. And, and luckily, Paul and them, and that's how active the Holy Spirit wants to be in our everyday lives. He wants to lead us. The Bible promises the sons and daughters of God will be led by the Spirit of God. If we're willing to be led, if we're willing to listen, if we're willing to say, okay, speak to me, Holy Spirit. Now, you'll laugh at this story, okay? Some of you will. Some of you have heard it. I remember one time early in my ministry, I think we're you know, two or three years pastoring a church and, and I'm driving down Hillsborough Avenue and I pass Hooters and the Holy Spirit says to me, I know some of you are going, okay. Turn around, go back. I want you to speak to someone in there. I'm like, I'm not going there. I want you to turn. I kept driving and finally I just could not, I, I turned around, it was about two or three in the afternoon, hardly anyone would be in there and I, I pulled in and, and I go in, I'm like, God, this is so weird. I mean, I mean, some of you, some of you men, you think you have a Hooters ministry. No, you don't, that's not the Holy Spirit. This was a one-time thing, okay? If it's every week, honey, the Lord's just leading me. No, you're not being led by the Lord. You're being led by something else, okay? This, this. So anyway, I go in, and I sit at the little bar, and I say, hey, can I order a tall glass of water? And as I'm sitting there, God says, the Holy Spirit, just that's the one, right? That girl right there that's serving you. I said, okay, this is, what do I say? And the Holy Spirit told me what to say. I, I, I told her, I said, you know what? I know you think this is gonna be weird, but God sent me here. She's just looking at me, and he told me to tell you that he has not forsaken you. She just starts crying right there, the little Hooters girl crying, and she goes, you know me? I said, no, but God does. She goes, my dad's a preacher, and I left from up north, and I've run away from God, run away from my family. I've been in rebellion. She just heard a little confessional right at the bar counter there. So the Holy Spirit will direct us specifically who, where, when. Can you imagine every day we waking up and going, Holy Spirit, lead me, show me. Can you imagine how your life would change? Instead of being self-centered, it becomes more God-centered. And I'm speaking to me because we drift from that. We, we forget that he's right there every day to lead us. First Corinthians says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He gives out the gifts. 
A lot of gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. There's a lot of gifts the Holy Spirit talks about in the Bible. It's the gift of wisdom, of knowledge, of teaching, the gift of encouraging, the gift of giving, the, the gift of serving, the gift of leadership, the gift of showing mercy. My wife has that gift. I mean, listen, if you want mercy, don't come to me. Come to my, I'm kidding. I, I love you too. But, but mercy, it's just a gift that she flows in. And, and the gift of tongues. Oh, that's the one I don't want. To, oh, the tongues. See, people have wrong perception of tongues. It's a heavenly language. Well, that one seems weird because, you know, some people have abused it. But I speak in tongues. I don't think I'm weird. Am I weird? I'm just a normal person. But listen, I want all that God has for me. I want the Holy Spirit. Give me whatever you want to give me, right? And, and it isn't weird. I'm, I don't go down aisle five at Publix speaking in tongues out loud. I don't do that. But it's a language that God gives me, and I pray. He says, sometimes you don't know how to pray. You pray in the Spirit. So quit making things weird. Quit trying to be afraid of things that God's wanting to give you. Listen, I love you. As your pastor, I'm just trying to get us to, to, to even that song, we welcome you. Do you really welcome him? Are you really open to him? Some of us have judged uh, the Holy Spirit because of some weird person or church. He has a personality. He's a person. He has a personality and emotions. Did you know that? In Ephesians 4, it says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Another word is grieve. Do not grieve. Anyone ever grieve? You grieve the loss of a loved one. You grieve something you went through in your life, and you're just grieving, and you're sorrowful. There's an emotion. It's real. The Holy Spirit is a person with a personality and emotions. And he says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Isn't that interesting? The way we live grieves the Holy Spirit when we're not living right. In fact, the Bible says Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us. Thank God for conviction. Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit doesn't leave you alone, that he convicts you of sin? Listen, if you're not feeling convicted by sin, you better wake up because maybe you don't know the Lord because Christians struggle with it. We're convicted by it. We want to move away from it. We're not perfect, but, but the Holy Spirit convicts us and delivers us and, and wants us to move forward. Satan is an accuser and a condemner. He'll condemn you. The Holy Spirit is specific. He'll specifically say, don't do that. Don't treat that person that way. Specifically, you need to forgive that person. He's specific. Satan says, you're no good. He doesn't talk about the sin. You're just a no good person. You did that again. What a hypocrite. Don't you dare go to church. Who do you think that is? It's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's Satan. And so he has a personality. He has emotions. The Bible says, remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Also, the Holy Spirit, what else does he do? He, he fills us with power to be bold and courageous. What I would love to do is give all of you some homework. Uh, go read the book of Acts this week. Acts is the, really, the Acts of the Apostles. It's the birth of the New Testament church. It talks about what the apostles did as they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you're gonna see the Holy Spirit's work throughout the book of Acts, Acts 1 through 28. And guess what? You're Acts 29. You're the next chapter that God wants to write, how he wants to work in and through your life. You know, God's not finished writing your story. You know that, don't you? 
And so we, we see in Acts so many stories and examples of the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It's interesting they put those two together. Because I mean, you know that when you drink too much, you're under the influence of it. He goes, don't be under that influence. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be filled with it. And he'll influence you and he'll lead you. Amen. So here, here let me set this up. In Acts 4, Peter's been preaching again. Thousands are getting saved. And the, uh, the, uh, the religious leaders are getting really upset. And so they hear Peter and John preaching. Guess what they do? They throw them in jail. They arrest them. They throw them in jail for the evening. And they're thinking, you know what? They got a long night in jail. When they get up in the morning, all this Jesus stuff is going to go away. You know what? They tried to cancel Peter and John. They can't be canceled when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of canceling going on. But listen, they can't cancel us. Not if you're filled with the Holy Spirit because he will give you courage and he'll give you boldness. So here's what happens the next day. Now, they've just been in jail all night. They could have easily said, you know what, Peter? You know what, John? I think we need to back off a little bit. There's some people getting upset. They were turning a whole city upside down. And the, and the, and the religious leaders said, hey, I want you to talk to us about what you were doing. Then it says that Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people. And he goes on and gives them the message of Jesus right there. He says, it talks about Jesus being crucified and resurrected and you're the one that crucified him. He wasn't backing down. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gave him boldness, gave him courage. Listen, it takes courage to do that after you've been thrown in jail for doing it. It's easy to back off, isn't it, folks? It's easy to back off. Listen, we live in a world that wants us to back off. Listen, I, boldness doesn't mean brash. Boldness doesn't mean rude. Boldness doesn't mean arrogant. But it means I'm willing to stand up for what I believe and I will proclaim who God is and what he's done in my life. And that's what Peter and John did. And here's their response. This is powerful. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. He's, they saw them as ordinary, but they saw something extraordinary, something powerful, something bold. You know what they saw? The Holy Spirit influencing them, empowering. They knew, hey, there's, there's something about these guys. Wouldn't that be great? If they see ordinary you and I, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God gets in us to say something, to do something, and people go, you know what? There's something different about Mary or John. He said they also recognize them as men who had been with Jesus. So they, they warn them, Peter, John, look, I want you guys to, to stop talking about Jesus. If you do this again, we're going to throw you in jail. We're going to persecute you. You might even die for this. Tried to cancel them. Just shut up. You could talk about anything, but don't talk about Jesus. They went back to their small group. That's what they did. Read the story. They get their group together. Hey, guess what? They're threatening us that if we preach the gospel, that they're going to shut us down. You know what they did? They said, you're right. We should just shut down and go home. No, you know what they did? They prayed, the Bible says. And they begin to pray, and here's what happened again. In verse 31, after this prayer, come on, say, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. Now, that's a prayer meeting. 
I've never had a place shake after I prayed. But the the Bible doesn't lie. It says that the, that the place shook. I don't know if it's physical, but they that they, they had testified something very powerful was happening in that room. And then it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. You see the correlation? Filled and boldness, filled and courage. Folks, we need to be filled. We need more courage. We need more boldness. And it's interesting that these were the same people who were filled in Acts chapter two. Apparently, they were refilled. Apparently, they said, Lord, Holy Spirit, give me more of you. Fill me again. How many of you know that we can be filled over and over again with the whole, we need to be. It's too hard. This life's too tough. There's too much going on out there for us to think we can do this on our own. Man, I, I wrote in my notes, says they, then they preached the, uh, the word of God with boldness. And I, I wrote in my notes, they were refilled. And I said, God, shake us, shake me. God, move in us. God, fill us. God, help us to surrender to you. The world needs to see Jesus. In Acts 7, the, the deacon Stephen, who had just got through preaching this amazing message, but they didn't like it too much. I mean, some people just aren't going to like it. And they, and they got ready to stone Stephen. And he knew they weren't receiving the message. You know what Stephen says to them? You stubborn people. You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. He knew, you know what? They're just not receiving this. Kind of like when I do my finance series. Some of you get all tight. You are heathen at heart, deaf to the truth. Must you forever, here it is, must you forever resist the Holy Spirit, that's what your ancestors did. Folks, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Welcome him. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Invite him. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Ask him to, to, to fill you. In fact, we're gonna have our worship team come up on all of our campuses and we're gonna sing a song about the Spirit of the living God. And, and what I want us to do is to, to have an openness in your heart, in your mind, no matter what maybe denomination you come out of that said, don't ever, don't, that Holy Spirit, he's spooky, he's weird. No, he isn't, he's your friend, he's your advocate. Man, we need more of him in our lives. We need to ask for the Holy Spirit to give us his power. We need to ask for the Holy Spirit, whatever gifts he wants to give us. We need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. We need to invite the Holy Spirit. We need to welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to lead us. Some of us need specific leading in our lives right now. And we need more than anything else, the Holy Spirit to lead us. You know what the Bible tells us? And Jesus said this in Luke 11, 11 through 13. Read with me. They're going to put it on the screen. Luke 11. They're going to put it up there in a minute. There it is. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if sinful people know how to give good gifts to their children, come on, can we all read this together? How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And he said, these are good gifts. And so what we're gonna do 
as a church on every campus, I want us to have an open heart to say, Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do in me. Fill me. Lead me. Speak to me. I want to surrender to you. I don't want to resist you. I want to get to know you better. Forgive me, Holy Spirit, for for ignoring you or resisting you. I need you every day in my life. And so everyone stand with me. On every campus, stand up. We're going to let those worship teams lead us. And as we sing this song together, reflect, invite, let the Holy Spirit move in your life in this moment right now on every campus. Campus.